0: So tonight's reading is taken from 1 Kings, chapter 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me be it ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, "'What are you doing here, Elijah?' He replied, "'I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. "'The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword.' I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, But the lord was not in the fire and after the fire came a gentle whisper when elijah heard it he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave then a voice said to him what are you doing here elijah he replied i have been very zealous for the lord god almighty the israelites have rejected your covenant Torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king of, over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shapat from Abel, Mehaloa, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hezael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those knees who have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him.
1: Rhythm is inherent, isn't it? (laughs) This is Brian. Let me say hi, Brian. He's a friend. He's a good friend. My name's Mark. I'm the worship director here, and tonight is about rhythm. And people say, oh, I don't do rhythm. I don't have rhythm. Yeah, you do. You just demonstrated that really easy. Before we spoke a word... Um, we demonstrated that rhythm was at play inside of us without actually saying anything. And, and admittedly, um, following like sheep, many of you, and some kind of held your ground and said, I'm not doing what this guy says. Um, <laughs> you, you joined in rhythm. Rhythm is inherent in us. It's wired in. If you still don't really believe it, um, just stop breathing for 10 seconds And after a while, you'll realize that the rhythm comes back in and out, in and out, in and out. The world's wired for rhythm. The seasons that we have follow a rhythm. They follow a pattern. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. In our passage, we're going to encounter a few rhythms set up by God in our lives. Breathing. Eating, drinking, sleeping, remembering, accountability, sharing, fellowship. Rhythm has a profound impact in our lives, and it matters in the way that we live our faith. Tonight we're going to go on a bit of a journey. It's going to be uh, there's going to be a little bit of music. Brian's my good friend, and um, I just paid him to amen and nod and be like, yeah, good point, Mark. Um, That's great. Thanks, Brian. (laughs) He's my hype man. And um, we're going to show how rhythm is wired in to our faith. And we have this story of someone's life who lost all their rhythm, lost the lot. And we need to learn, like, why it makes a difference. Why does the pace of life and why do the rhythms of life make a difference to us? Our pace and our our rhythms day by day as children can start pretty easily. Maybe from zero to whatever number it was for you, it was eat, sleep, poop, repeat. Eat, sleep, poop, repeat. And it just goes round and round and round. And then maybe from age uh, three or four, it was nursery, home, nursery, home. It had a kind of easy rhythm. For me, five to 11, it was like school, Warhammer, school, dog walking, school, church. Uh, Then I had a bit of a hiatus. I took a four year kind of gap when I had chronic fatigue, so my rhythm was just kind of trying to sleep on Zelda. And and then I sort of re entered life, I feel at 15. Went school, bikes, school, bikes, school, guitars, 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 guitars. And then it was 2018, all of a sudden. It was great. (laughs) But then, depending on where your life is now, maybe the rhythm just gets faster and faster and faster. And we need to understand how we hold on to rhythm and how we can sometimes lose rhythms that come up. This passage tonight has someone whose life has lost all of their rhythm. And we don't really lose healthy rhythms in our life instantly. It's usually life just sort of speeds up a bit, and we're, we're just trying to play along. We're just trying to keep going. We use uh, click tracks in our ears. It keeps, um, keeps us on time, generally. And, um, <laughs> and, and this is what kind of goes on behind the scenes. In a really nice quiet moment in, in a worship set, you might hear a little beep. That's just us trying to keep on time. And it might start out that there's a really simple, easy rhythm to your day. Wake up, and eating, and work, and resting, and sleeping, and friends, and church. And we can play along. But then the rhythm sometimes gets a little faster. we can carry on a while. But then the rhythm gets faster. We're trying to just stay in with it. Stay in, you and Brian. And we're just trying to stay on, and we're just trying to stay on, and it gets faster and faster. Until we just lose it. we lose it Brian and we're out. He's good isn't he? <laughs> we just try and play along and it gets out of control and gets faster and faster. Do you know over this series I've discovered that my life is faster and way more chaotic than I actually think um, I'd anticipated or hoped for. I discovered that um, two weeks ago, speaking on Sabbath, that I need a new way to do Sabbath. That I'd been doing the same thing for about three and a half years and I'd just sort of forgotten it. The world around us gets faster and faster and it's really exciting. And as the church, we then have to work out what does a new rhythm start to look like? We don't have to stand aside and yell at the world, hey everyone, you're living too fast, you're off rhythm, you're off God's beat. We actually invite people in. We say that we walk to the beat of a different drum. We walk to God's pace and God's rhythm. We get to say to the world, here's new life. Here's a groove going on, join in. It's restful, there's a sweet pace to it. Creates a new way to do life. Healthy rhythms mean that when we work more than we need to, when we burn ourselves up, that God cares about that moment. That when we study without breaks, that God cares about that. That sleep deprivation is a spiritual matter. Holding ourselves. Michael Gunger, the, the musician, it says, burnout is what happens when you try to avoid being human for too long. Burnout's is what happens when you try to avoid being human for too long. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 in the New Living puts it this way. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Maybe those rhythms you have, waking, sleeping, eating, drinking, resting, friendship, reading of Scripture, prayer, laughing, how are those rhythms do? How do we lose the rhythms in our life? What do we lose in chaos like Elijah? How do we find rhythm in the midst of chaos and be healthy in life? So let's look at Elijah. Let's look at the rhythm of his life going into this. Elijah was around in the reign of kings and the time of the prophets. It was before Christ. It was after the kingdom of Israel got divided up. You had 10 tribes in the north and, and two in the south. And they just had some like, disastrous leaders. I mean, you could look around our world and see there's some, some worrying leaders. They had disastrous leaders. Leaders. It was not going well for them. Ahab, the current king, well, he worshiped Baal, a different God. And, and Ahab was proud of that and called out. And Elijah prophesied and said, There's no God but our God. And, um, and they had a challenge. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to say, Let's see whose God is real. This is like a mic, you know, drop the mic battle. This is some James Corden stuff going down right here. It's a, it's a God off. It's God versus God. It's your God will win or my God will win. And they amassed on this mountaintop and they said, okay, let's build two altars and whoever's God consumes the altar with fire. That's the real God. And we'll follow into that. I like that. There's something about that way of doing, like apologetics and debate, um, which is pretty interesting. Rather than sort of rational arguments and, and conversation and listening, it was just straight up. You build one there, I build one there. Whoever goes on fire first wins. Job done. It's old school apologetics. And they dance, and they, they, the prophets of Baal cut themselves, and they go wild, and they, they call out, and they cry. And Elijah drops this like huge diss in the Bible where he's like, maybe your God's on the toilet, which um, just seems like a bit of a lame joke, but it's <laughs> cool. And, and they have these kind of moments, and then it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up, and there's this moment. And then on Elijah's altar, the fire drops, bam! It's gone, everything consumed. And in that moment, it's it's a turnaround. It's our God is real. Take those prophets away. Get rid of them. And there's this mountaintop experience, this glorious moment of Elijah victorious in God. But then he crashes out. You ever had that? A mountaintop experience. That moment of celebration, you've been building up to it for months, and then when it comes after it, bam, you just crash out. And it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up, and it drops. We have that all the time in, in music. Music in, in the West often is built up to build, and build, and build, and then, and then drop, and then give us a Satisfaction. Maybe it sounds a bit like you hear a a beat starting to come in. And you hear it start to move. And it layers and it layers. Music is built on layering. And these rhythms build up and they build up. I think we need a bit more uh, sub under this, eh? And it builds up and we get to actually create these tracks and we create it. And music has this natural way where it begins to, to double up and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it drops, and then, and that's it. Where's the satisfying moment? Music is meant to build and drop and release. Elijah's life built and built and built and dropped and crashed out. And he's in chaos now, complete chaos. You ever crashed after that? You ever been in a moment in your life that built up and dropped and then you just crashed? It went like this. Ahab told Jezebel, his wife, everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. It's not said what he told her, what God had done, but what Elijah had done. And Jezebel kind of writes Elijah this letter which really can just be summed up as I will ruin you. He gets trolled. His number's marked. And he runs. And he takes on board and he jettisons everything. He takes on board fear and he jettisons his entire life. Elijah was Afraid, it says, in verse 3, you want to follow on. Elijah was afraid, there's fear. And he ran, fled for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, so he broke his support network. While he, while he himself, he isolated himself, went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, he says to God. He jettisons his calling. Lord, he said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And he sleeps and the angel of the Lord refreshes him and tells him to eat. And he goes on into the cave and he spends the night there. And when he speaks to God, you think he's refreshed. He's all right. No. He says, he replied, I have been very zealous. He's justifying himself for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites, he's blaming them, have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. An exaggeration. And now they're trying to kill me too. He's moved into chaos. He's thrown everything off. Support. He's not eating, he's not sleeping. He ran off into chaos, fast. And this place he had, it didn't have a frame of reference, it didn't have a a path or a purpose really. All his expectations were unmet and it began to start undoing him. So what does chaos begin to sound like? He's run away from his calling. He's taken fear into his heart. He's left his own servant behind. He's blaming. He's justifying. He's exaggerating. He's isolated. He's given up. He's asking God, take it away. He's not eating. He's not sleeping. He's not drinking. He's in chaos. He's given up. Chaos has no frame of reference, it has no regular beat going on underneath it. The rhythms are gone. And you're left with this frantic feeling, this sound. I don't know if you're there tonight or if anyone is feeling like Elijah tonight. Or maybe we just want to ask, what does your life look like when you run into chaos? What is chaos like for you? What rhythms have been thrown off? What patterns that love and and bring you health and life and community with God feel under pressure at the moment. What's chaos been like? The beautiful news of God is that in chaos, God brings rhythm. When we have Elijah in this chaotic space, it seems like there's nothing working in his favor. Everything's been thrown off. He's alone. He's isolated. He's in a cave. He's not speaking to God in, in any way that's helpful. He's just accusing God and <laughs> chucking it in. Well, there we see that God showed up. And God spoke some rhythm into the chaos. You can see there in verse 1 to 9 and um, when Elijah is, has left and he's fled and he, he lies there and God provides bread and he wakes Elijah up gently and says, wake up, eat and drink. For some of us, that's all we need to hear tonight. Just wake up to what's going on. Eat and drink, rest. Remember, you're a human being. Remember, God created you. Rest, And it continues, he goes up the mountain and there's a number of ways that um, God says, go and stand by the mountain and I'll pass by. And we think it's coming in the fire and we think it's coming in the earthquake and we think it's going to be this moment of, of breakthrough when, when you worship hard enough and you pray hard enough and you, and you fast and you call God, hey God, I fasted. And so you better move. And actually, God speaks when the silence comes. God speaks in the gaps, in the rhythms. And then he speaks to Elijah, and he has a question tonight that Dave posed to the service this morning that God posed to Elijah. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? He's left. He's about 200 miles from where he should be. He's left everyone. He's in chaos. And God says, what are you doing here? And you can hear that tone, Elijah, still carrying it, still in the chaos. I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. God. The Israelites, blaming, have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. Chaos often sounds like that. It's only me. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing their thing. They've all just left it to me. So God starts to restore that order. He started by restoring the body. Eat, drink, sleep. And then he invites Elijah to start speaking his mind. Hey, what are you doing here? And then he starts to change Elijah's environment. And he begins to restore the rhythms in Elijah. He's bringing back in the beat. He's saying to me, he starts, he says, Go back the way you came. So retrace your steps, turn around and go back the way you came, the familiar path. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, me hola, to succeed you as prophet. God reinstating rhythms and order in Elijah's life. He tries to cast them all away. He says, I'm at the end of myself, I'm done. And God steps in and beautifully starts to reinstate people and rest and new possibilities into his life. He says go and anoint a new king you need a new leader you need a new guide go and anoint a new assistant a new prophet god heard him say i'm done and god recognizes that okay well then you need a helper and he gives them a reminder of his people god says yeah i reserve seven thousand in israel all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. i.e You're not the only one. You're never the only one. I love how God just brings so much kindness through all of who Elijah is his physical needs. God cares about his his tummy, cares about his sleep, cares about the people around him, cares about who leads, cares about who helps him, and brings regularity and clarity and rhythm in the midst of chaos. He doesn't pull Elijah out of all this chaos. He builds order and rhythm into chaos. And it's so easy in our life to, to just say, okay, I'm going to step into chaos. Things are crazy right now, but do you know what? I'm getting a vacation in four and a half months. That's not God's best. That's, 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 that's realistic sometimes, but that's not who God's wanting to, to create us. Oh, yeah, I pulled four all-nighters because I have an exam on Monday. Great, pull five. You might die. <laughs> um, there's something so basic about this. It's, it's an uncomfortably basic passage. You know, I don't have some huge biblical sort of curtain to pull behind. You're going to see some amazing nugget of who God is in, in, in the third heavens. Really, tonight we have a passage that says, some of you got to sleep. I'm reading this, I'm like, man, I need to take more sleep. I need to to get more than six hours sleep. It's so simple. It's so basic. And I think it starts to undo bits of us. What rhythms in our life does God really want to just bring back in? In the midst of your chaos, in the midst of of craziness. We see this start to emerge as we come in to, to land this. We see in nature raging rivers. Wild patterns Well raging rivers, which seem torrential, they, they form patterns that become predictable in the land. We see crashing waves. I live in the fourth, and you see the, the storms in and out and in and out, and crashing waves all the time, and they throw me out of my canoe, and they feel chaotic. But those waves have rhythm in and out, in and out. Tornadoes that seem wild. They've had this spiral pattern and form around them. Why is there always order being found in chaos? I once read the biography of the explorer Ernest Shackleton, who is a complete hero in my eyes and is um, probably just an unfortunate sailor in many others. So he went on an expedition to Antarctica in 1901 on a boat, ironically called the Endurance. And uh, the ice flows crept in around the boat and crushed it and sank the ship. And over um, the next sort of five months, they lived on the ice flows, Shackleton and, and the whole crew. And um, they, they managed over time to restore and recover every single one of the crew from the ice flows of Antarctica over about, I think, about a year and a half. Incredible leadership. Average sailing, some might say. And Shackleton is heralded as this incredible leader. And you think, what is it that made Shackleton such an inspiration? He even has a great name. And um, he has quotes seen like this. He says, we had seen God in his splendors, heard the text that nature renders. We had reached the naked soul of man. That is the height of Ernest Shackleton quotes. I'm going to give you what I read in the biography mainly. A weddled sea and a crab eater seal were noticed on the floes, but we did not pause to secure fresh meat. It was important that we should make progress towards our goal. I flick on a few more times. Today we spotted four penguins and three seals. You flick on more and more. Today a whale was spotted in the sea. It's thrilling. <laughs> what on earth? I thought, why is this guy writing about seals and penguin spotting? But he was finding order in chaos. Shackleton's journals are often just records of activities and spottings. Some of it is, is incredibly dull. And yet, why is it that not one crew member was lost on that expedition? around the other side where they were meant to meet, another crew was going to meet them. And the journals of this captain are a lot shorter than at the back of the biography. And there was a lot more emotional tension, a lot more focus on things going wrong. And eventually two of the members, I believe it was two, um, left their tent one night and wandered off into the ice, never to be seen again. There was something about Shackleton finding order in chaos that surprises us. We felt that earlier, that open space of what is chaos when there's not a reference point to hook into, but um, Brian can maybe just show us what it sounds like to find some order in chaos. I think we need to clap them, it's time. (laughs) Um, You can feel that, there's still chaos around it, it's still wild, but underneath it, there was something solid in the kick there, something to lean on, something to push into. So, what brings rhythm in your life? Is it getting a coffee at the same time? Is it a Saturday routine you have? Is it a Sabbath time? Is it getting the same bus at the same time where you then have a space to be with God or to to remember who you are? Is it a date night or a regular time in a relationship? What healthy rhythms have you jettisoned, have you cast away? Eating, sleeping, resting, listening, calling friendships helpers in your life? Let's think about some of the ways that we need to respond to this. Really, really simple maybe it's how long we sleep maybe it's the one place that we actually want to meet with god and remember who he is maybe it's something around our our food and taking care of our bodies maybe it's asking someone for help because things are just too chaotic and you've lost the rhythm and where is god in the chaotic moments where's his rhythm when Your kids are losing it. Where's his rhythm when we're trying to make sense of the world that we're living in, of global poverty and slavery and political upheaval? Where is God's rhythm in that that we can discover? So we recognize our rhythms. We recognize what we've jettisoned, what we've left. And we find God's rhythm in chaos.